In the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. You may be seated. Well, um, Merry Christmas. The bulletin says that I am a Deacon Peter Tepper. I am not Deacon Peter Tepper. My name is Josh Bales, and um, Deacon Tepper and his wife, Michelle, are celebrating the birth of a new baby, and so he, no doubt, uh, looks like a zombie right now. Um, so, um, so I am happy, very happy to get to tackle this gospel passage with you, with you in John. The theme today is light. In fact, it's Jesus as the light. The theme is everywhere uh, in our liturgy, certainly in the gospel reading. You know, the seasons of Advent, Christmas, and Epiphany together are called the liturgical cycle of light. And the progressive at lighting of the Advent candles, it's like the reality of Jesus as the light of the world grows brighter and brighter and brighter in our minds and in our hearts. Even in our collect, in case you missed it, that goes by fast earlier in the service, we prayed this, God, you have poured upon us the new light of Jesus, your incarnate word, the new light of Jesus. May this light enkindled, I love that word enkindled, it's like ignited burning, set on fire, inspiring in our hearts. May this light ignited in our hearts shine forth in our lives. The theme is light. I'll never forget how as a kid, um, my dad and I, along with some friends, went on a, a caving expedition in Tennessee. Um, lots of caves in Tennessee. You, you may not know that. We actually slept overnight in the cave. Um, what a dad I had to do that with me, surrounded by other Boy Scouts. So if that sounds like heaven on earth to you, um, that's, that's crazy. In a cave with a bunch of boys all night long. Um, we're in the cave. At some point in our cave expedition, um, the, the, the tour guide said, all right, boys, I want you to, to turn off all of your flashlights. Yes, Jimmy, you, turn it off. And be quiet for a moment. And there we stood, you know, a hundred, couple hundred feet underground, however far we were. No light, no sound, not even a glimmer, not a reflection, not a sparkle, nothing. We live in a world with electric lights, and it almost, it, it almost takes away from the necessity and the power of light. The theme of light is all through Scripture, but when we get to John's gospel, it's like this theme explodes. Jesus is the light. So I want us to treat this theme today not like just an intellectual exercise pondering John's um, very beautiful, even poetic words in verses 1 through 18. Let's not just think, oh, great, Jesus is the light. What does that intellectually mean? No, no, no. I want us to engage it and apply it, to respond to it. This is, by the way, I think why at the end of John's gospel, he says, look, the reason I've written my gospel, this is chapter 20, verse 31, is that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in His name. It's, it's like there's something at stake for John, the gospel writer, in writing this, in telling us that Jesus 
is the light, and therefore there's something at stake for us. In short, let me say it this way. Today, the idea is not just to see the light of Jesus. It is to receive it, and there is a difference, as we'll see. So take your Scripture insert. Um, You'll find it on the back of the announcements. I've realized that we um, have squeezed a lot of words onto this page, a little bit smaller than normal today. So if you need to use your blue pew Bibles, you'll find this passage on page 71 near the end of the book in the Blue Pew Bibles, page 71, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. Follow along with me. Notice how in the very beginning, the opening verses of John's story, John connects Jesus to the God, get this, who made light. He made light. You don't think that John just randomly chooses the words in the beginning, right? Of course not. What's he doing? He's connecting for his, especially his Jewish readers, this one that he's about to speak, Jesus, with the God who made everything in Genesis 1. Does that sound familiar? In the beginning. In the beginning, Yahweh makes all things. So, John connects Jesus with God. He goes on to say Jesus was with God in the beginning, and He was God. That's verses 1 through 3. Now, verse 4. Now we come to our theme of light. The life, that is Jesus, was the light of who? The light of who? What does it say? Light of all people. He says something similar down in verse 9. Skip down to verse 9. Look with me. The true light which enlightens who? Everyone. So the light of all people and the true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world So Jesus, one with God, is the light of all people and the light which enlightens all people. The light is shining, brothers and sisters. From that first Christmas to now, the light is shining. And it's shining for all people. Think about it. The light shined with Jesus during His life. It shined in His birth, His life, His obedience, His death, His resurrection, His ascension, and now it shines in His people and has shined for 2,000 years in His people. The light shined, for example, in early Rome, those first um, um, few centuries of the church when, when slavery and murder that was happening in the Roman Colosseum was basically brought to an end by Christianity. When in that same time, babies who had deformities and were born by Romans would be thrown into the trash, literally in a trash heap, Christians would rescue them. The light has shined and is shining. The light shined and is shining in Christians who have worked for workers' rights, prison reform, women's suffrage the leader of the civil rights movement in the U.S., Martin Luther King Jr., a preacher of the gospel, the light shines. The light shined in South Africa with Desmond Tutu, another preacher of the gospel, working in the area of healing apartheid. The light shines for all people. 
The question is, who has received it? This is where things get complicated. Look now with me at verses 10 and 11. John says, the light was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not, what? Know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. Verse 12, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. Here's the question before us today. The light has shined, and it's been shining for 2,000 years. You've seen it, but have you received it? You've seen Jesus, but have you received him as the light? By the way, this is the rest of the story of John's gospel. It's people like Nicodemus or the Samaritan woman, the blind man in chapter 9. It's people coming into contact with the light, with Jesus, but not perhaps knowing what to do with him. So Jesus clarifies all through John's story, I am, right? I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. Over and over he's saying, like, you've got to receive me. You've got to come to grips with who I really am. The light has shined for all people. All have seen it, not all have received it. Martin Luther, the great reformer writing on this passage, explains it like this. Look, the light can shine, the sun can shine on you all day long, but if you're blind, it won't make any difference. You won't be able to see it. So you've seen the light of God at Christmas, but have you received it? Uh, A few years ago, I remember um, expecting a package from the Postal Service and Um, Finally, the day came, I got a a notification, your package has arrived. I go out to the front door, I look, no package. So I take myself down to the College Park post office. You know, this says it's arrived, but I haven't actually seen it or received it or whatever. Um, and, And then they show me a picture on their computer of my front door with the package sitting there. The package was sent to me, but I did not receive it. I think someone stole it, by the way. I I don't know. The package was sent, but I didn't get it. You say, Josh, I want to receive the light of Christ. Like, what does that mean, though? What does it mean? I think the rest of John's gospel answers this question, but there are a few hints in our passage. For example, in verses 1 through 3, when John talks about Jesus as being the Word and with God and was God and so on, from the beginning of time, In essence, to receive the light of Jesus, not just to see it, it means to accept Jesus as God, as divine, as the Son of God, not just a revolutionary leader, not just a good, gifted Jewish teacher, but God. That's verses 1 through 3. Another hint about what it means to really receive Jesus as the light, in verses 5 and 10 and 11, there's that that mention of light and darkness. The darkness didn't overcome the light, but we know all through the world that there is a conflict between light and dark. So perhaps this, number two, here's what it means to receive Jesus. It means that if you receive Jesus as God, you will be in conflict with the rest of the world. If the light has invaded your heart and life, something about you will shine. 
perhaps even in times when you don't want it to, because all around you is darkness. Here's the third hint about maybe what it means to receive the light of Jesus, verses 6 through 9. In verses 6 through 9, John departs from his poetic language and begins to tell us directly about John the Baptist, another John. Why does he do this? It's almost like the gospel writer is giving us an example of what it means to reflect the light of Jesus. So here's the third thing. To receive the light of Jesus means that you will, by definition, reflect that light. John says, I'm not the true light. I'm, I'm I'm like a lamp. I'm reflecting the big light. I imagine going to your house right now and um, looking under the tree and still finding some gifts unopened. Uh, this past week, my, um, and, and by the way, that would be very weird, right? Because Christmas has happened. Why are there gifts sitting there unopened? This past week, uh, my f- almost four-year-old daughter, Daphne, left no stone unturned looking for every gift. She, I think she opened a gift for everyone. After her gifts were done, she just kept going. Um, she opened my wife's gifts. She opened her grandparents' gifts, of course, thinking they were for her. But it would be weird to find unopened gifts under your tree at this point. The gift of Christmas is Jesus. And the point is not to leave it under your tree, but to open it not just to see him, but to receive him. So this is my prayer. As we begin a new year on this first Sunday after Christmas, that you would, as we sing, feel the joy, know the joy that's come into the world, joy to the world, the Lord has come, but that you would know it by receiving him. Let earth receive her king. Amen.